Aha, hi, this is Herschel Gordon Lewis, and you are listening to WithoutYourHead.com. Station of decapitation without your head. I'm Nasty Neil. That would make me terrible, Troy. I'm treacherous, Trista. We're joined by the returning Glenn Payne. Hello. And Casey Dillard. I'm going to be carnivorous Casey for this. Nice. I like it. Yeah, I got to think. I got to. I had a call or something. <laughs> you already have pain in there, which is yeah. Doctor, uh, I'll just lie. Ooh. I have a doctorate. <laughs> What's your doctorate in pain? In pain. Yeah. <laughs> Professor Pain. Yeah, there you go. That's good. Oh, that one's good. I have taught before. That, that's <laughs> yeah, Doctor Pain is not a good thing. No. Yeah. Pain is his business, and business. Is good. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we got all kinds of good ones. Exactly. <laughs> now, the new movie out is Killer Concept. Yes. We were talking beforehand, we all really like the movie. We all love the movie. Yes, indeed. Not just well, that's good news. Yeah, it's good. I feel a lot glad we don't have to fight anyone tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Throw it out right away. You guys outnumber us. Uh, so yeah. that's not always the case. <laughs> no, they, that's great to hear. Thank they, Yeah, uh, we appreciate it. Yeah. Now we had set this up a little while ago and, you know, it kept uh, being rescheduled. So I, at this time though, the movie's out. So how could people see it? It is uh, available as we speak uh, through Amazon prime. So if you have prime subscription, you can watch it, you know, free-ish that way. And uh, it's, it's, it's bound to hit all the other platforms any, any second. Now. Yeah. It's, I think you know? it's making its way in a, in a to be direction. We just don't yeah. necessarily have a date on it. And I think the DVD and Blu-rays should be available at the end of the month, approximately. Yes. So outtakes and commentaries and whatnot. Oh, I'm a big fan of commentaries. So yeah. That's what we're saying. Hello. Hey. Hi, baby. All right, Casey, your turn. <laughs> that's a pretty dog. Yeah. Or a huge possum. <laughs> yeah, I think he's muted himself. By oh. Is that the baby? Sorry, guys. Uh, no, this is my rule. He is. He's the middle one. Oh, I was like, he's the, the baby's not so big. <laughs> <laughs> well, is pretty close to being his size. He's still a little bigger, though. Maru wanted to say hello. <laughs> he's the one who can jump very high. He was jumping over the fence. Yes, he can. They had to build okay. a higher one. All right. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, can you explain for people not aware yet what the concept of Killer Concept is? 
Mr. Dillard, do you want to take that one? Um, I can, yes. So it's about uh, a group of creatives making a movie, or sorry, trying to write a script about some murders that are taking place in their hometown. And uh, they do not realize, or all of them don't realize that one of the team members has been committing those murders and it becomes a, an interesting little game of like, is he influencing the movie or is the movie influencing him, etc. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. Any of that besides the murder part, any of just like uh, the way you guys uh, are coming up with, with ideas and stuff, any of that like based on like how you actually work together? Um, we do sit around and, and pitch ideas the, the dynamic's definitely different. No um, I, I don't think we've ever written anything based on actual events, or I haven't anyway. So this particular set of hurdles has not come up. Maybe, yeah, you're just not aware of. Uh. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I realized I needed to change my name, and I just checked out the conversation for a minute. But it's, you sure <laughs> did, man. It's corrected now. <laughs> But your name's awesome. I know everybody's got the perfect name. Yeah. Well, I saw Casey had done hers. Like, when did she get this done? (laughs) No, that was subtle. I didn't notice either. Just yeah, yeah. that in there. I'm very sneaky. (laughs) The dog was distracting us. Yeah, exactly. Now I I feel part of the group now. Yeah. What is your man? There you go. What was, what was about this movie? What was interesting is so we, we we filmed it, you know, in the COVID-ish times. I don't know, it's hard to tell what time is anymore. But uh, and and we were like, we had this opportunity to make a movie, and so we brainstormed with like several different ideas, like just totally different um, concepts in general, uh, all based around kind of what we had access to. We made we made it with just five people most days uh total cast and crew front of the camera behind the camera everything um so everybody that worked on the movie is in the movie at some point yeah um so uh you know like we 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 didn't throw the blue ball back and forth when we were pitching ideas but uh um it's always one of the nicest parts is to throw out ideas and and play around what you come up with so Mm -hmm. that's one of my favorite stages did you know that going in that you'd be filming it during covid is that kind of one of the reasons why there's, you know, only a few characters? We, we filmed it because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, mainly the, uh, Coley, I guess, had access to more free time than he normally would. Um, and like one, one thing that's always hard to do about making a movie is working around people's schedules because they have to work. And with so many places shut down and, the, and whatnot, we had access to time mm-hmm. and uh, it just became sort of a, do you think we can do this? Sure. Why not? Like, let's give it a shot situation. So our, our production was not affected by COVID so much as it was caused by it. What's funny too, is I think when we actually got to start filming, he had gone back to work. So that was sort of, <laughs> so then we had to film around. I this. think he had a couple of days. Yeah, he'd come after work and, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Uh, it was done in pieces, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, but that, that's pretty cool sometimes. Too, and right? Puckett and Caleb were still free most days at that point. True. Uh, yeah, 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 for sure. Because they hadn't started going back to work. So we could, like, knock out Mark and Holly scenes. Yeah. And then whenever Coley got off work, we could shoot uh, set sequences so what was that experience like, uh, you know, filming with a relatively small crew? It was, I mean, in some ways it's really refreshing because you, you don't have certain logistics to deal with. Like you, everybody's in town. So, so you're not having to deal with like sleeping arrangements or hotels or feeding 20 people or, or uh, coordinating five schedules is yeah. always a lot easier than coordinating 20. Now, of course you don't have, 20 different pairs of hands to right. do all the things you got to do. So it limits what you can do in, in a lot of ways. And you have to be really specific about how you are going to use 
everybody and everything and what you can get away with. You can't do a lot of big sweeping camera moves because you don't have the people to, uh, to, to just to man it, you know? Right. Um, so, uh, yeah. So we try to craft a story knowing that going in and come up with something that's an intimate tale that can, uh, can be told and hopefully, you know, in a successful way um, with, with those people that you're going to have there, mm-hmm. good, good friends to hang out with and work on stuff. Yeah. Casey mentioned, you know, one of the people making it at you in the movie is the killer. And uh, you find out relatively uh, soon in, in the film. So it's not like a necessarily who, yeah. who, who is it or anything. Uh, was that always like how you guys were going to make it? Not going to, did you ever think like, well, maybe we'll leave it up to the audience to figure out who it is later on in the movie and, or have the reveal right away. I think the reveal was always planned early on because I think the initial premise was like um, three roommates living during lockdown. And one of them was a serial killer and it was supposed to be a lot more comedic, just seeing them getting like increasingly frustrated and um, pent up living with them and then it it became more the uh them making a movie aspect so it it was never planned to be a like who's the killer it's more just like let's throw the killer into this situation and see how they react well one of the one of the first things you mentioned to me that i remember was the whole like the conversation idea the three of them talking and the killer pitching an idea and then being like, nah, it's stupid. That doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. It would never be like that. And the killer was like, but that's what I did. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it was just funny situation yeah. to me. Uh-huh. Uh, so. Trissa, do you have a question? Yeah. So I love this movie. I thought it was uh, super smart and funny and I was engaged the whole time. Um, but my question is really just a simple aesthetic question. Are those your houses? Because they're really cute houses that you use for the locations. Thank you. Yes, they were. Yeah. <laughs> you guys have the cutest homes. Thanks. Thank you. I, this is this is you're looking at it right now. Like right over there is the living room. Um, you, you can't see much of my interior, but yeah, I'm, I, I do have a, a nice house. I'm biased, but it's cute. <laughs> What's funny is I don't think there's any reason not to say this, to say this. Uh, so your house that you're in now, Casey, was yes. my character's home in the movie. Right. And my home <laughs> in real life was Seth, Seth's house in the movie. So yeah, we just, you know. That's mm-hmm. funny. You switched houses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I don't know whose dogs those are. Are those yours, do- yours, Casey? No, those are mine. Yeah, they're okay. They're yeah, being, so that's that's uh, one of the reasons we use my house because oh. <laughs> they're being buttholes. Yeah, <laughs> there's just a dog barking somewhere, and they've decided to get all worked up about it. What in this world? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they heard Maru barking upstairs. I think <laughs> maybe I don't know. I think it's outside. Oh, that's funny. Lines of the look of the movie. I like how it's kind of stylized when um, Marklin is killing guy. I'm gonna mute my end for a minute. All right. Yeah, get out of here. Now let's get to the real stuff. It <laughs> was a different look uh, when uh, when Mark's you know being an actual killer in the movie, and I, I think that was yeah. interesting. Uh, like, how did that come about? Like the thought behind that. Well, we definitely had his uh, layer, is what we kept calling it, which is a shop, my dad's auto shop up by my house. Um, so in the story, he kind of inherits that space. Uh, and um, so we wanted to be this place that he goes to and kind of get, get a little crazier with the colors. And he's a photographer, so we use a lot of red, like he has a dark room in there. So it gave us a reason to kind of play with some of that too. Um, and then um, obviously we tapped into the that old uh Pied Piper movie which which brought a lot of stuff to the film that I wasn't expecting at first when I when I was looking for some kind of a public domain um title to use. And then I was like, wow, this this I feel like there was a lot here that we can use and, and it started influencing the story. But um yeah it was just fun to craft and play around with the color and the look and stuff when he's around them versus when he's uh you know, somewhere else. And even in some scenes, I think 
when my character and Casey's are together, the coloring is, is slightly more, I mean, just slightly bit more normal, like a little less uh, um, saturated or, or tinted or whatever you want to call it. Um, so, you know, when he's right away from people, he gets a little weirder when he's in his own space, I guess. There's also it's, a little bit of an uh, orange reddish theme with him as a killer in general, just with like his coat and and his car. And when you see him interacting with others, he's usually in cooler colors, but it's like, no, no, that's who he really is. Yeah. So I, uh, you, you know, you mentioned you made the movie during COVID. How did that affect how you put the movie out? Cause I know driven did a lot of festivals. So yeah. I, I don't know, did Killer Concept do like the virtual festivals or did you put it right out digitally? We are in a few international festivals that I think we're still not allowed to announce. Yeah, uh, pretty soon, um, but not not yet. Yeah, almost. But um, we didn't do many stateside ones because the idea was just kind of to make it and put it out there. like Like a fast turnover, fast production everything kind of low key because we also, you know, we didn't want to be promoting it being like, all right, everybody in uh, Oshkosh, Kansas, I want y'all to pack out that auditorium to watch killer concept in the middle of the pandemic and everything like that. So we, mm-hmm. it was, it was more. And I think some of it had to do with how much we were relying on streaming shows and movies uh, yeah. during the early days of the pandemic. And it was like, yes, let's get more content out there. For sure. Yeah. And wh- when Trista mentioned it's smart, I like a lot of the dialogue at the beginning, you know, especially Casey's character is like, uh, you know, she doesn't want the movie to be over like a lot of, a lot of the cliches you see in like slasher movies, a lot of the naked women. And, uh, and there was a line about hillbillies and inbred, which, uh, I'm a big fan, actually, of uh, hillbilly <laughs> movies. So maybe that'll be your, your just to be clear. You're saying you're you're a fan of them in, in movies. In movies, in movies. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Also, uh, or oh. yeah. <laughs> but you know, art imitates life. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'd like to do a month of those at some point. It would be a good theme, I think. You'd have plenty. And that and that dialogue. So the dialogue. Casey came up with the story and then developed an outline. We, we, we I probably both kind of batted stuff around on that. But, but after that, it was all imp- improvised, um, except for one scene. So all the dialogue in the movie was made up, uh, you know, on the spot um, right before we filmed each scene. We, we would we would do it once as a practice and kind of see what we liked and didn't like. And then, yeah, try to block them out. Yeah. So that if there was any movement, we'd know what it was going into it and things like that. Right. And, and give us an idea of like what needed to be said in a scene versus what was retreading old ground. Yeah. So we, you know, the, it, it wasn't scripted, but it was rehearsed ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Had you worked like that before? We have. Yes. Um, not that well, but yes, we've done it. Um <laughs> And, we, and we've been doing improv for, I don't know, over a decade now. Um, right. You know, Coley has not. Mm-hmm. Um, so we threw him into the deep end and he, uh, <laughs> yeah. he, I thought he did very well. He's, he, cause if he hadn't done we would have had to shut it down. Cause yeah, it would have been over really did super well. Yeah, he did. He did really well. Does um, that, uh, when you do it that way, does that, um, is that harder to edit? Is there, are there more takes and you have to edit down to see what you like? Or I think it, it could be rehearsed it beforehand. It could be an insanely chaotic. So I wouldn't advise it to people to do ever. Um, unless, and I say ever, unless you, unless a number of you have done improv for a long time. Uh, Cause that can help. You can, you Make know it a deliberate choice that you're making for the movie. Not just because you don't want to write a script. Right. Right. Yeah. That, that I laugh about the, the I totally get that because I've seen things where people say that they've you know purposely went in without a without a script and and you can actually tell when you watch it but um mm-hmm. done well that you can also tell but it's it's you know it's funny and it, it works mm-hmm. right well the few things I've been in not to make anything about me but I've I work a lot better 
uh, making my own stuff up than trying to memorize lines. I'm not good at that. <laughs> well, everybody has their own cadence, their own phrasing that's just going to feel more comfortable to them. And like, I will say that with Holly, she might be kind of similar to me, but like Seth is very far removed from who Coley is as a person. But because he was able to phrase things in a way that Coley might actually say them, he was able to play this character that's so different from him, but it felt natural to me. You know, obviously any viewer's mileage may vary, but I thought he did a great job and I was impressed that he was able to do both of those things. And I'm going to mute myself because now a bird's screaming. <laughs> Wildness over. I thought it was crazy here, man. Uh, Tristan, <laughs> Her bird also has really sharp little teeth. Uh, it's amazing. Just it's pretty much the same. Right, well, be careful over there. Uh, Tristan, did you have another question? Yeah, um, I'm a true crime aficionado, so um, I feel like I enjoyed the film even more because of that. I'm wondering if you guys are as well. Um, I have been increasingly getting into it again, probably because of COVID. Like, you know, we just, I feel like everybody went down at least five rabbit holes during COVID. And, and I definitely, like, there were a few things that I got very interested in. I haven't done a proper deep dive and I'm not an aficionado, like, like one of my friends that can, Man, he holds a lot of information from these things. A concerning amount, honestly, but uh, <laughs> it is really interesting to listen to something like that. That it's like, hey, here's the information that we have gathered. You do with it what you will. Yeah, I, I like that the, the killer himself finds out more about himself uh, through the script of the movie. Yeah, uh, you know, you guys know more about him than he does in in a lot of ways. Yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting too. Yeah, what were you gonna say, Casey? Well, I just didn't know if I could get into the specifics without getting into spoilers, and I don't think I can. Fair enough. I don't want to give too much away because it is. It uh, I think any movie, if you, the less you know about it going in, uh, the more right. fun you're gonna have. But but we can't do an interview and not talk about the movie at all. Absolutely, but, uh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you try, I guess. Yeah, talk about uh, animals, I guess. But right. uh, how about uh, Cody? You mentioned a few times. How did uh, did you work with him before? How do you guys know him? Yeah, um, Coley. He was oh. in. Um, he's been in a couple of episodes of Stag Wrestle Paranormal. Uh, for for the true fans that have followed all of our projects, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he was in our. Uh, ghost hunting mockumentary series and he's popped up in a lot of things that we've done he's really he's very talented and he's just uh, super great to work with like I, I will work with brilliant actors all day but at the end of the day if I'm picking between two the one that's like least likely to make me want to hit a wall at any point during production is is going to get my vote, and that would always be Coley. I would throw me off a set before him. <laughs> His first project with us was uh, wasn't it he and it was a horror movie, right? Um, yeah, that was. Yeah, so I, I made I made a short film called a horror movie. Um, oh, that's actually in the movie. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and I should probably send you a link to it because I, I, I mean I think you guys would enjoy it. So it's, it's silly, like but it's fun. Yeah, it's 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 a it's like ten minutes. It's it's a spoof, and uh, yeah, people who cl clearly are not teenagers playing teenagers in high school, and you know, it's a lot of funny stuff. What does but, that uh, mean? I was one of them. You well, yeah, but yeah, you <laughs> I know, I know. And, yeah. Um, but but anyway, so he uh, he kind of filled in last minute there, and then uh, after that, we just sort of uh, kidnapped him and. And, uh, well, I also think he filled in last minute on 
something yeah. else yeah. and did really well. And we were like, okay, we'll definitely want to keep him in our back pocket. Uh, uh, earlier when uh, Trista mentioned uh, true crime, uh, part of the movie when I was watching, it made me think too, I wonder what like actual like serial killers think if they watch a movie about themselves. Oh, like, and do they want to come forward and be like, that wasn't right? Exactly. Right. Yeah. I think that'd I'm be interesting. Sure. I don't know if you could put this together, but if you could get an actual serial killer to do commentary track over a movie about Yeah, it. like the Zodiac Killer, one of those movies or something. Right, yeah. You, you pick the one that they never caught. <laughs> this is how we're going to catch them. We're gonna yeah, so I said, this could, be, this could be the new thing. You just make a $20 million movie every time you Lure him out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's how we just start solving these things. Right, right. I'm so sure really we'll uh, make a very insulting documentary about him. <laughs> That's just cool. Yeah. Get a very unflattering picture. Uh, like, <laughs> by the way, do any of you guys have like your your photos approved for if you go missing and the news needs your picture? No, I didn't know this was a Ooh. this was a thing you could do. I just think it's smart too. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to be at the mercy of whoever picks you out your photo. Right now, Casey. <laughs> what? Are you threatening us? I'm just saying it would be smart. Yeah, just, just in case. To have your missing persons photos picked out. Better get those ready. I don't know what's so suspicious about that, but chop, chop. Don't think about chopping. <laughs> Do you have yours picked out? Yeah, I do. I, I, I do. Wasn't that a stand-up bit where the guy was like, my parents made me stand with a with my name and age and take a picture? Yeah. 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 And they're like, well, clearly they're going to think you did it, the parents. Yeah, it was like, well, that, yeah he said if, if he had ever gone missing, his parents would have 100% been the first suspect because yeah. they already had all of this material made yeah. up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now I'm thinking, because I post a lot of stupid pictures yeah. on my Facebook. I'm kind of worried now. <laughs> I mean, at least you have lots of options. <laughs> That's very, that is very true. It's like <laughs> way too many. Anyone could ever Somebody go. scrolling through my phone is like, <sighs> more pictures <laughs> of the cat. Oh, yeah, that would be me, too. Like, I have plenty. If the tortoise goes missing, I got plenty yeah, of Yeah, I'm, I'm ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, the last, you know, it's a comedy horror, as we mentioned, but uh, the end of the movie does take a different vibe. It is more horror at the end, which which I like. I thought it really worked in the movie. Oh, thank I, you. Yes, first of all, thank you, because we started the movie without a definite ending in mind. So I'm always happy to hear if people enjoyed it. Yeah, I, th I think the way that I've tried to describe it is more of a dark comedy, which isn't to say that horror comedy is wrong, but like it's it, it's definitely grim in a way that mm -hmm. a lot of comedies aren't i'm trying to even think of something to compare it to like the tone of this movie you mean yeah yeah just, just like if you took away the horror vibe because you know if you if you took away the horror element of like tucker and dale versus evil obviously it would be just straightforward comedy. Yeah. And I just got distracted trying to think of if we took the horror element out of killer concept. And I guess I'm just, uh, I guess dark comedy is the best I can think of. Yeah. Well, this, this movie was interesting too, because so driven uh, our last movie, which Casey wrote, um, I mean, when I read the script, I was like, this is funny. Like, I mean, I, I just, this is going to be very funny. Mm -hmm. um, and this one, there was no actual script and you knew situations were, funny but when we did it by the end because the whole point was it's to be like a dark you know dark comedy or a horror comedy or whatever but at the end we were like i don't i don't know if it, how funny it is or isn't because there's no like written yeah. script to do. and and so we even watched when we got the music i w i was less worried about that yeah i I, th I thought that elevated a lot of the humorous and scary scenes but yeah when we first watched it we were like is it funny anymore <laughs> some of that stuff i guess we were having fun on set but like yeah. now that i'm seeing it maybe the scene wasn't but people tell me that it's funny so that's that's good yeah. i'll take mm -hmm. that along those lines although i would assume it's hard to tell when it's your own movie anyway um, yeah especially yeah. watch it so many times you're editing it you were there were you filming it 
to know to to sit back and just watch it as a movie and know if it's funny. It, it apparently it is because, like I said, when it's written down before you film it, it's pretty easy. But like, oh, that that's funny. It's a funny line. But then, yeah, when when that hasn't happened and you just watch it, you're like, uh, I think that's funny. But but I'm in the scene, so maybe I'm just you know uh, pretending it's funny. Um, so I don't think I stink at this. <laughs> right. um, but it was so, it was, and I, I guess that's a good way to transition to the fact this was so experimental and we've talked about why already, but, uh, and we also made it with like, you know, basically no money at all. So that was cool. Um, except for not having a lot of money. Um, (laughs) it was, so it was really, really experimental. Some money for it after the fact though. Yeah. Like that, that's one cool thing. The, the, the crew of this movie has been paid because we got some grants after the fact. So, Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so sometimes, so, you know, I guess what I'm saying is to any aspiring cast and crew members out there. Yes. Usually you're going to be like, if someone says we're hoping to make some money and pay everyone afterwards, you're probably going to be working for free, but like if they're a good person, they may come through in the end. So decide if you think they are good to work with. Yeah. It makes sense. In uh, in Driven, Glenn, you just have you know a, a fairly small part. Mm-hmm. Uh, came you? But uh, so in this movie, you're directing and you're also one of the main people. What was that experience like? Um, it's very enjoyable. Uh, you have to pick your spots pretty carefully, like what type of movie and 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 how much you're balancing, um, so you don't just sort of break. Um, but uh, these guys, you know, doing the scenes the way we did them and with, with Casey and Coley and, and, and even Caleb and Puckett, the other two guys on our team, like we're all really supportive. So, you know, I felt very comfortable with it. Um, and the fact that we were improvising, which I'm pretty comfortable with um, since we've done it so long, I think that made it a lot easier too, that I wasn't having to memorize specific, uh, you know, chunks of dialogue for, for the whole script. Cause Mark's around a lot. Um, yeah, but it's cool. Uh, it, sometimes it's more pressure than others, but I uh, really, I'm, I'm glad I did. I enjoyed it a lot. And, um, you also had a lot of nonverbal scenes in this. Yeah. Which is super helpful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and there's a couple moments where we're, I forget how many days we filmed, but there was a lot of like half days. So it's kind of a yeah. weird count. Um, but at one point, there's a couple of scenes where it's like, if I, if I, if I, if I try to coast through this, which you never try to do, but if you accidentally do that, I'm going to really screw this thing up, you know? Um, so there's a couple of times where I was worried that I wasn't going to, I wanted to make sure I didn't screw it up, you know? Um, so hopefully that didn't happen, but um, yeah, I'm glad it was fun. It was fun to get to do more acting in front of the camera on something that I had control over, which is nice. <laughs> Uh, Tristan, you have another question? Yeah, I'd like to know more about Dead Leaf Productions. Uh, yeah, so that's, I guess, my production company. Um, so it's basically just anything that I make uh, is, de- is Dead Leaf Productions, which it's usually Glenn. involves... Glenn is Dead Leaf Productions. Yeah, and then it, typically you're going to see uh, Casey Dillard in there, Coley Bryant, um, and then some other guys that... Uh, are around Michael Williams is there a lot. And then now Puckett and, and Caleb Hall. Um, so uh, you find good people. You like to bring them and get them back. If you're lucky enough to as much as you can. Um, bless you. So uh, yeah, it's just my production company. And then, uh, so all the films that I've made will be under that. And then also commercials. Uh, we've been doing a lot of fun, cool cinematic um, commercials lately, like little tiny movies, which have been fun too. Yeah. For a, uh, uh... Yeah local game company that does mystery boxes so they're like we get to do these little mini uh thriller vignettes every now and then it's called a deadbolt mystery society little plug there yes super cool guys yeah that that sounds cool up my alley i like uh i like stuff so that sounds cool yeah yeah they they are super cool and like she said we get to do a lot of uh, little vignettes that are fun different things like we just did one that's like a it's like 30 seconds, but it's like a, a character. And then there's like a animal, a cult where people are wearing fake animal masks and spoilers. Well, you know, it's a tease. I'm trying to get them some business. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to make my, I'm going to make myself a possum mask. Yeah. There, <laughs> there you go. 
Um, when Trista mentioned about uh, the serious, uh, true crime again, and even though it's a horror comedy, there's, you know, a lot of other things involved in the movie. And I think it has, you asked a question like, you know, making entertainment out of actual, an actual killer. And I think that's a good theme of the movie. And, uh, you know, even though it's a comedy, there's, you know, that's a, that's a real question that a lot of horror people ask themselves, you know, uh, should I, should I watch a, or make entertainment about like an actual killer? Mm-hmm. Casey, how much thought did you put in to, cause you know, that's all from you there. Um, and, and your character as well, but, um, was that a big uh, sticking point for you to make sure you got across um, or touched on? I mean, not necessarily. I think it's a really interesting conversation to have, but I don't know that I have a strong opinion on it one way or another. Um, uh, the main thing as far as like having Holly talk about it is because it was her not acting like a character out of Mark's fantasy suddenly. And it was like, wait, I've been, I've been thinking that you viewed me in this specific way. And I've built up a lot of fantasies around it. Um, so again, I think it's a really interesting conversation. If we want to stay on that topic, I'm, I'm good with it. Cause <laughs> I do think it's interesting, but at the same time, um, it, it was more about how it <laughs> it was more about how it served our narrative yeah i well you're talking there um because right before right before this movie came out the richard ramirez um documentary was out on netflix and i saw a lot of people who really had a big, a big problem with it and said it should be taken off netflix and stuff but i never saw anyone mention about him being a character on american horror story and I actually think that one is a, is way more romanticized version of of Richard Ramirez than the documentary. The documentary was a documentary and yeah, purely a monster and did terrible things. But in the in the fictionalized version, he's like a very good looking guy, and all the women love him. And like you know, he's yeah. Not, I mean, he's a killer, yeah. but at the same time, he's like they don't have anything about him. You know, doing stuff to kids. I mean, it's it's a much to me a much more romantic. It's a cleaned thing. up, sanitized version. Yeah. On American yeah. Horror Story. <laughs> well, and, and like, I, I remember there was a lot of blowback about um, the Zac Efron, uh, Ted Bundy right. thing. Because, but it was like, yeah, well, that was kind of the point of Ted Bundy, wasn't it? That he was like a clean cut, nice looking guy. Why people trusted him. And, but, but again, I, I don't know that I can comment on it because I haven't watched that particular Ted Bundy flick um, but yeah I, I, it's it's a new conversation that people have started having and I like I think there's something to it but it's like you said I, I feel like the ones that get more of a pass are the ones where they're like a minor character but so distorted that it's almost something different and I don't know. I, I guess it would be uh, a good comparison would be like how Mark views himself would be the American horror story version of Richard <laughs> Ramirez and how he actually is, is probably closer to the documentary. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah. I always have those thoughts too. Not even with someone that was a, a murderer, just in general, any kind of biopic or something there's always that line of like how, how true do you have to be to the facts exactly versus right. making it okay. entertaining and, and having more of an arc or, or yeah. being excited. Yeah, because man, something that's going to start biting a lot of biopics is that they always keep trying to insert a, an actual villain where maybe yeah. there wasn't one. Right. Right. Uh, Cinderella man is the first one that comes to mind is that uh, the family of the guy that they, kind of set up to be the villain in that movie was very unhappy with the way that it was portrayed. Not that I think serial killers should get feedback on how they're portrayed. Yeah. Biopics, that's a good point. But yeah. Well, there's a lot of questions. Um, uh, once upon a time in Hollywood, I mean it, right. Uh, you know, it's a completely, it's a, like at, at what point are we writing historical fan fiction? And, <laughs> and, and if so, like, I don't know. 
how do we need to categorize it? Or is it just meant to be consumed? I don't have the answers, only questions. Right, yeah. <laughs> and I'm not the best, like, when I'm in L.A., I always go to the Museum of Death, which is museum <laughs> of serial killers and stuff. So I'll, I'm not the best person to ask these questions. <laughs> well, I recommend the place. So uh, the movie's out now, you said, on Amazon, and maybe eventually Tubi, and then um, the physical release. Uh, a lot of people nowadays, they don't put out a physical release. They say, you know, physical media is, you know, gone. And I was happy that you guys have commentary tracks because I'm a big fan of commentary tracks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it is tricky, though. It's, I don't know, like with Driven, there's, our movie Driven, there's some chaos with the DVDs there right now. Um, uh, it, it, it's like they will uh, let you release physical media for a window. So I guess if you're interested in the killer concept DVD, make sure that you pay yeah, attention you to it. Yeah, because there's a lot of people that waited around on Driven and they might not ever get it now. Yeah, but, yeah, we don't really know on that, but uh, uh, yeah, yeah, physical media is in a weird place. But I love commentaries, and I'll be curious to see in the future if if you know discs do eventually get like pretty phased out if they finally kind of can you get like behind the scenes stuff digitally if you buy a digital copy of something you mentioned that someone i can't remember who but recently was on the show mentioned that they put the co- their commentary track in and the special features out digitally yeah we we tried that with driven but it's even weird because you're like what do you do do you i think we put a price on it yeah because but the price added up to the dvd cost and we, we tried to come up with something but it, it's just kind of a weird landscape right now figuring out uh, yeah. what to do also, our driven extras got all messed up too. So we ended up having to. Yeah. We ended up having. What did we do? We were like, please just send us a picture of like you holding your DVD and we'll send you a link to the send extras. Link, yeah. that, I think was it, it was like the outtakes and something else. Is that what it was? The, it was the outtakes, outtakes and some of the bonus features were super zoomed in. Yeah. Yeah. So you'd be so trying to watch an outtake, but it was like. Like, like this right here. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. And you'd be like, why is that funny? Why are people laughing? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's funny. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I think that's a new uh, direction for the video interviews. <laughs> Zoom in awkwardly. You have to buy four different DVDs and you'll get each quadrant <laughs> yeah. of image. And then you need four collect DVDs. Collect them all, right. Yeah. Like, Go and collect the, them all. the action figures, they'd come with like one piece of another guy you'd build. And, yeah. 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 <laughs> I like this idea. <laughs> I also like the orange. I, I forgot I wanted to mention the orange Hawaiian shirt that was in the movie. Then uh, I have a picture of you on Facebook wearing it. Yeah, that's the shirt I hate. It's in my closet. I still have oh, it. I'll just uh, say, I think it's a pretty sweet shirt. No. I love the shirt. Glenn, a lot of people like it. Yeah. Glenn just doesn't love life enough to wear it. <laughs> it might be with Casey on this. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a very muted person, apparently. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, but so I, I got that. Um, with driven for the premiere and we did some kind of like with the fan, the fan. Thing. I think it was like, if we sold so many t-shirts, yeah. then he would wear the orange shirt. He would buy it and He'd wear it, it to the driven premiere in LA, which, which they did uh, quickly. Yes. And then I had to wear it. And then uh, I still had it. And, and I don't know. It just worked for it, Seth. It felt right for Seth. Yeah. Yeah. I, I approve. And I hope you wear it, you know, in the future project. I'm going to take it. I'm going to Los Angeles for three months uh, very, very soon. So I'm going to take it with me. And if the situation arises, <laughs> I will grit you my teeth orange, yeah. and just wear it and just look angry. <laughs> All time. Yeah. Yeah. You should that definitely go in angry. Room? That's the <laughs> best way to experience anything. <laughs> that's, uh, that's good advice. I think. Uh, Tristan, do you have another question? Yeah, Glenn, you're also a fine artist. So um, can you tell people where they can check out your work and maybe buy some paintings? Yeah, sure. Thank you. Um, my website is glennpain.com. I got lucky. I got my actual name. Um, so I have a lot of work posted there. I haven't done as much in this last year because um, I've, I've been doing more, even more movie stuff, I guess. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of work on there you can check out and uh, email. So yeah, uh, let me know. We'll figure something out. Um, 
And it's funny because, yeah, I started in fine art. That's my background. And, and, and then when I graduated, I finally settled on doing a series of uh, black and white paintings. So they're like old noir movies. So they're like movies. As before, I was really making movies. And uh, I would do all these black and white paintings. They're called Paint Noir, which was my corny slash clever uh, title. And I used to travel the country selling these sort of cinematic type images, paintings. Uh, and then I started doing more films. And then these scales kind of, I'd still do both, but uh, get to where I do, you know, primarily, I guess. Uh, you ever do the cover art for your movie? Do like a, uh, you know, an old style painting for a, for a poster or the DVD um, cover? I always design all the posters. So in Photoshop, so sort of like painting, but uh, Casey, have a, didn't I paint? No. Did I paint something for a cover once? No. No. Thought, thought about it. Yeah, thought about I think it. you I talked know. about doing one for Cubicle City. Yeah, and Cubicle did not. City. Yeah, that's right. But I didn't. No. That's cool. Oh, I, I did animate an intro for that, though. And I painted okay. all those. Drew, Drew painted all the... Uh, I did some really, like, basic uh, animation for the intro of a short film called Cubicle City, which was a crazy uh, office slash sci-fi noir detective comedy the Casey stars in. That old genre. And our yeah. friend Brad Locke. She had a big monster partner. There's robot, robots and monsters and uh, office shenanigans. I love that little movie. <laughs> you need to check this out. Is it available uh, anywhere? I think, it, I think it's on um, Vimeo. I have all my shorts on there, or most of them. Um, Post it on there. We'll I'll check it out. out. Yeah. Uh, Casey and Glenn, are you going to be working on anything in the future that you know of? It's yes. We just don't know what it is. <laughs> I'm going to. So part of this trip is to try to get a studio to give me piles of money. Hmm. Um, we'll see if that works out. For a, just for in a, case any studios are watching right now, <laughs> yeah. if y'all want to contact him before he moves. Yeah, I just not go. <laughs> just save me a lot. <laughs> save me a lot of time. Uh, yeah, so uh, I am hopeful for that. Um, we're gonna try to connect with some people out there and uh, make make something happen. But uh, we'd love to do more episodes of our show, Stag Rassle Paranormal, which is a ghost hunting comedy that we've been doing for years. But um, there's complications with Amazon right now, so I don't know what we're gonna do. <laughs> What's that? What are the complications with Amazon? Uh, they just, it, it used to be available to stream for free on Prime, but they've pulled that option. Um, and now you can buy them, I guess. But, you know, it, not many people are probably going to want to purchase a season pass to some show they've never heard of with four episodes. Yeah. So it's a matter of like, where are we going to put them now? Mm-hmm. We were like, obviously, we'd try and add them to Amazon, but I, I don't even know how that would work at this point. Mm-hmm. The odds of someone organically, you know, coming across them and, and watching them on a whim, you know, seems a lot less. So, uh, I mean, we'll definitely make more at some point. And, well, look at uh, how the reflection of my screen is lined up on my glasses. I look like pretty, a robot. You do. And there's something. Oh, it's right on the eye. Like it's like the window. And, yeah, it's pretty awesome. Save that image. <laughs> I was just saying that that'll be good <laughs> for my dating profile. Oh, I, I was thinking if you went missing, that's the one. <laughs> I already have my file okay, picked out. Right. They're going to have to make a whole documentary about me to get into that. Uh, <laughs> uh, where can people follow if they want to see what uh killer concept they're either of you are up to? Killer Concept is on all, most of the social medias at Killer Concept One. Is that right, Casey? It's been a minute since I typed it in. I will double check you, but I think I'm that pretty, is right. Pretty sure. At Killer Concept One. I am at Artist GP Two. So, so there's there's one guy who's already got ahead of me. There's so two you, people. You got actually. GlennPain.com, but someone actually yeah. got Artist GP. Uh, yeah, I can't <laughs> have it all, I guess. <laughs> Um, I'm, 
I'm Citizen Case, all one word on Instagram, and I'm Citizen underscore Case on Twitter. And you're, those you're, are the only social media is worth following me on. You're a good follow, as people, as the kids say. Oh, thanks. You're a good I try follow. to be. You're smarter than me, though, man. You're smarter. You say funny, smart stuff. Is is anything? Are you thinking about anything in particular? <laughs> uh, no, just most of most of the things that you've. <laughs> I'll be like, "Hey, watch my movie, please," and then you'll you'll have some really clever, quippy line that quotes Russian poetry or something. Not not specific. I don't know about that, but thank you. That's uh, that's very yeah. kind. <laughs> I definitely present smart. But don't let these glasses fool you. <laughs> don't let this cyborg eye fool you. Yeah. <laughs> the wiring is faulty, and I'm kind of dumb in a lot of areas. This has been very fun. It's always good to have you guys on. Thank you. Yeah, I'm sure we'll do it again sometime. People should check out Killer Concept. We all really like it. Definitely should. And people should check out Without Your Head. Mm, very good. They because should Because it's that. awesome. Well, yeah. thank you. We, appreciate we always it. enjoy it. Yeah. All right. Very good. We'll, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, guys. Right. Yeah, thank, thank you, guys. So Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Now I just wave awkwardly while I hear Yes, wave you. awkwardly. From ancient terrors to the search for modern-day conspiracies, the tomb of Nick Cage is the new sound in horror rock. Uncover the mystery of old world horror for the new world order on iTunes, Amazon, and more. The tomb of Nick Cage. Find out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The Tomb of Nick Cage. Oh,